All right, if you got your Bible, let's turn to Genesis chapter 16. And there's only 16 verses in chapter 16. And so we'll, uh, uh, but really good, really good story. Uh, actually, it's like watching a train wreck, but it's pretty, it really kind of helps us uh, understand even some things that are going on uh, today have been going on for the last 4,000 years. And so um, I really don't have a whole lot of time uh, left to go back and pick up where we've been. Hopefully you've been uh, following along with us, but here's uh, the story in Genesis continues. It's, it's Abram and Sarai. Uh, they're the uh, family that is, is God's focusing his attention on the story uh, in, uh, in Abram's life. And uh, we've seen Adam and Eve, we've seen Noah and Miss Noah, and now it's, uh, now it's Abraham or Abram and Sarai, later will be Abraham and Sarah. And so here in 16.1, listen to what it says, it says, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, that's fixing to get sketchy, okay? Uh, Sarai said to Abram, see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of his wife. Now, this is kind of, this is crazy talk right here, all right? And so um, Sarah's old and uh, barren and the, the, just the major conflict right now is barrenness. Ten years, there's been a silent promise. Ten years ago, God told uh, Abram that he was going to uh, make him the father of a great nation. And he and Sarai sat for a decade with hope of holding a baby, hope of holding a boy uh, to carry on the name, to carry on their, uh, and really to begin their family. And so, uh, but for 10 years, God's remained silent. And so the major crisis in Sarah's life, and, uh, and, and we notice this even in our own life because uh, things would happen and we feel like we need to solve the problem. Uh, we, we, we see an issue and we physically do what we can. We orchestrate a plan to solve the problem. That's where Sarah is. And, and you might look at this and say, this would, I would, this is horrible. And, and, and it is very difficult to read. It's very difficult for us to understand that a wife would say, and it's, it's kind of, it, it would be like a surrogate mother because literally what Sarah's saying is Hagar, uh, Hagar would have a child for me. That's what verse 2 says. It says, perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And, uh, and so that's Sarah's thought that uh, Abram would, um, would have sex with her maidservant, an Egyptian, and, uh, and that a, a child would be born and Sarah would become a mother um, and, uh, and, and Hagar would be the surrogate um, mother. And so, um, and when she brings this plan uh, to her husband, um, guys, he just says, okay, whatever you ask, I'll do it, you know, whatever, whatever you want, honey. And uh, that, that's kind of the, the, what's going on here. And you're like, what is, what, what? And so, uh, so that, that's, uh, 
That's what's going on. All right, so look at verse 3. He said, Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And after Abram had, uh, had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, and so he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. And so Hagar began to hate Sarah. So she, she gets pregnant. Um, and, and really, they, they, this becomes a husband and wife deal. Sarah says, hey, listen, um, marry uh, Hagar and uh, have a child with her. And then Hagar becomes pregnant. And when Hagar becomes pregnant, um, she begins to, to gloat. She begins to, um, you know talk about her pregnancy, um, brag about it more than likely uh, in front of Sarai and just say, hey, you know, man, I'm tired, you know. Um, you know, I'm pregnant and uh, just worn out today, you know, kind of like my wife did with Jeb. I grew ears today, you know. I can imagine Hagar coming in to Sarah and say, you know, just exhausted and, and uh, oh, you, you know what? Um, I, I wonder if it's a boy. Can you, what, if, what if I'm having a boy? And, and uh, I wonder if he's going to look like Abram. Can you imagine Sarai hearing some of this? And I wonder if he's going to, we know he's not going to look like you, but maybe he'll look like Abram, right? And, and, uh, and, and just really kind of jabbing at her to the fact that Sarai despised um, Hagar and Hagar ridiculed and despised Sarai and so it and so it it says in verse 5 that Sarai said to Abram my wrong be upon you wow all right I gave my maid into your embrace and when she saw that she had conceived I became despised in her eyes the Lord judged between you and me and uh, so, so Sarai has really uh, become a victim and uh, because of this whole plan that she had now in all of this, once it's been uh, done and the child's been conceived, she becomes the victim. And so Abram said to Sarai, indeed, your maid is in your hand. You do to her as you please. And when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness um, by the spring of the way of Shur. And so here, here are these first seven verses. Let's, uh, let's kind of walk through it and unpack it. And so uh, Sarai kind of runs Hagar out. She's pregnant, and, uh, and Hagar goes, and the angel of the Lord finds her. And so... Um, in that day, children were considered a blessing, and to not have children meant that God um, was not blessing you but cursing you. Uh, barrenness was a curse. And, uh, and so in this story, I want, I want you to first see these first seven verses and, and just write this out, that um, faithful people have unfaithful days. Abram and Sarai were, they loved the Lord. Um, we, we have already seen Abram make some really bad blunders, right? Um, 
you know, t- telling his wife when they got into Egypt that you're beautiful, tell everybody you're my sister. Uh, Pharaoh um, comes looking for her, brings her in, uh, essentially um, is about to make her part of his harem um, when he finds out that it's really, that this lady, this beautiful lady, 75 years old at that time, this beautiful lady is, uh, is the wife of this guy Abram and not his sister. Uh, she was his sister, but, but she was his wife as well. Um, so we see Abram making some, some really bad calls. We, now we see Sarah uh, making a really bad call here. But, but it, it's good news for us. I love how the Bible gives us the whole story. Um, you know, we're not really um, good at telling the whole story of our life, are we? We do everything we can to hide and cover up the blunders. Uh, Social media has all its filters. You only share what you want people to know. But the Bible, I'm so grateful the Bible's not like Facebook, aren't you? That God says, hey, listen, here's a guy. And he was counted as righteous. Um, He walked with me and, and his wife. I blessed her with a child. She was part of the promise. These were going to be the parents of a great nation. And I had big plans for uh, them and and even in their faithfulness there was there was days of unfaithfulness and um, and you and I can relate to that can't we that e- even though we we surrender our life to Christ and we we do all we can to walk in obedience to his word but we can be faithful but there are days there are times in our life where we make uh, decisions to walk in unfaithfulness and so he, here's a Here's another example of that. And so what I want us to do, maybe in these first seven verses, let's just talk about the people. Let me just kind of give you a snapshot of, uh, of Sarai, Hagar, and, and Abram. And so Sarai, um, she waited 10 years after the promise. Um, and because of her um, identity, um, she, was, she has devised an ungodly plan. What do I mean by that? She had identified herself as barren. I've never had a child. I'll never have a child. Regardless of God's promise, um, she identified herself as barren. And because of her identity, what she saw herself, she devised an ungodly plan. It happens in every pew in this room. Christ comes in to redeem us, and watch this, we will live our life by the identity and what we see in ourselves. What, what Christ redeemed us from, what Jesus has saved us from, um, maybe uh, the past uh, life, you're identified, you identify yourself as that, and so it's easy to crawl back, it's easy to run back to those things. Here is Sarai, and because what she identified herself as is barren, she has devised an ungodly plan, and in that, um, she gives her maid to her husband. And, um, and, and, and in this, her, she becomes bitter. And, uh, and in her bitterness, she blames God. She, she, she becomes bitter, and, and her bitterness her, her bitterness turns toward God. Now, this is a natural response to bitterness as well. Um, you bury somebody you love. Um, you walk through all of the things. When we talk uh, through death and mourning and the whole process of, 
of dying and losing someone you love, and we, we use phrases and things like this, this is a new normal. Most people who are in that despise that phrase, new normal. Um, that, that's not anything they like to hear. Um, but but when, when that, that new season of life begins, they're thrust into shock that even though we've anticipated this, when it happens, we're at shock because we've never lived a day without our parents. We've never, uh, we haven't lived a, a day in the last several decades without our spouse. And so now the shock is life without this person. And shock lasts for a few days, 14, you know, two weeks, 12 days, 14 days, something like that. Get through the funeral. You can pick out your loved one's caskets. You can uh, figure out what color flowers to put out. You can write an obituary. You can pick pallbearers. You can sit through a funeral. You can hug people's necks. You can uh, sit around and laugh and tell stories about your loved one. You, can, you, know, you find yourself laughing, feeling guilty that you're laughing because you should be sad, and all of that is shock. God wires us with shock to get us through some of the darkest and most difficult days of grief and mourning, and then after shock is acceptance. And acceptance is when you realize life now is different and I have to accept it. Now, after acceptance, oftentimes comes anger um, and blaming because someone has to be at fault. Now, you can walk through that. If you've lost someone to a long illness, you walk through uh, who's to blame. Is it a doctor to blame? Should we have done a different treatment? Should we have gone to a different hospital? Should we have uh, sought out uh, something different? Should we tried a different drug? You should begin uh, going through all of those things. You're life someone's to blame um is there malpractice involved was there an accident uh, that ended this loved one's life is that accident caused by someone else well here's the deal ultimately this has to be the conclusion of your anger god gives life god sustains life and ultimately god takes life and so regardless of the circumstances all of our days are written in a book before there was one of them, and ultimately that day was the last day for your loved one. And God's the one that's in control of all of those days. And so our anger then has to turn toward God. But I will tell you this, he does fine with our anger. He does good with our questions. He even does good when we become bitter at him. As long as that season of bitterness is not prolonged where it really impacts our, the trajectory of our future. And so we walk through these things in the mourning process, in the grieving process. And all of these stages are, uh, are textbook. But watch this. Sarai is mourning this, this crisis of barrenness. And, and she's entered into this decision, this plot, this plan with her husband and Hagar. And, and when that happens, it's almost the death of a marriage. And now it's the beginning of this life. What am I going to do with this life? And she becomes bitter at God. God, had you given me a son when you promised him, we wouldn't be in this mess. You ever been there? And so we see bitterness and anger toward God. She becomes impatient. Um, and I'll tell you this, God's timing is perfect, but it is, ever, it is very rarely ever on our timetable. When God is doing something, it often takes longer than we expect, um, but his timing is always perfect. Now watch this. Uh, she's bitter. She begins to blame. She becomes impatient. And ultimately, all of this is revolving around 
her. She becomes selfish. I, you see that, um, that pronoun often through these first seven verses, um, that Hagar can have a child from me. I, I will have a child from her. Um, and she becomes selfish. It becomes all about her. She becomes a victim. Um, she says this, may the wrong done to me be on you. Um, you, you let, let you pay the price for this wrong that's done to me. She's not struggling with God's will. She's struggling with God's timing. Now that's Sarah. Now enter in Hagar into this story. Hagar's an Egyptian. Hagar is brought in um, as, a, as a servant girl, a slave um, to this family. Um, probably they acquired uh, her while in Egypt to the time that they were there in Egypt. We, we, we read earlier that Abram became very wealthy. Uh, Hagar could have been given to her by Pharaoh. But this is a, a lady born of Egypt, an Egyptian. And God is using her in this story. Now, God's promise to Abram in chapter 12, 1 and 2, you remember, I'm going to give you a son, I'm going to give you a land, and I'm going to, I'm going to bless you with uh, a family, descendants, and, uh, and, and I'm going to pour my blessings out on you so that you can be a blessing to the nation. Well, here's the problem. The blessing always fell on the firstborn. And so here's, here's a great question. Does this baby count as God's promise? Is, is this baby going to receive the blessing of God? Because God, God had given him the promise, Abram the promise. This is Abram's son. Will this son receive the blessing? And... Um, and I'll say no to that, and uh, we'll, we'll un- unpack it. Hagar has hatred toward Sarai, and, uh, and, and, and that is reciprocated uh, from her uh, to Hagar. So, so here's Abram. Guys, if, if he becomes the hero, and your hero in this story, it's a sad, sad hero. Um, he is probably one of the most passive husbands um, of, of all time. Um, we, we talked about his idea about her being the sister when they get to Egypt, and now this idea, his wife comes in, and he says, yeah, sure, I'll do you know, Listen, I'm going to make you happy, Mama, anything to make you happy, right? And so he does whatever. May. He's passive. Rather than him saying, this is not a good idea, rather than him being the spiritual leader and say, honey, God gave us a promise. Let's trust God's pl- promise and trust God's plan. Abram becomes passive, which is crazy because outside of the house, he's active. There's guys like this all the time. They will not lead their family, but yet at work, they're leaders. I mean, at work, they're the boss. At work, they're the guys who have vision. They're the guys who make a plan. There's a, they're the guys who protect the company. They're the guys who, who, who work with great integrity. Those are, they're leaders at work, but at home, they're passive. They're active at work in their home, and they're passive. They won't lead spiritually. They won't stand up for what's right. They, um, 
Abram was active. You, you remember when Lot, his nephew, got, uh, was taken away? He rode 100 miles with 318 of his warriors, and the Bible says he slaughtered the four kings and their army. He gets Lot and his family back. He's active. He's not passive. But here he's passive. The, the story of Abram is really a picture, uh, another picture of the fall that we saw in Genesis chapter 3. Um, think about this and the parallels. In Genesis chapter 3, um, Eve brings uh, forbidden fruit to her husband Adam, and, um, and Adam passively receives that forbidden fruit and eats of that, and then sin enters in. In this story, it's not a forbidden fruit, it's a forbidden female, and his wife Sarah brings Hagar to him, and, and Abram passively accepts just like Adam did. Now watch this, the fall, the sin entered in. Well, watch what could potentially happen. Every one of Abram's decisions has potential for ruining God's promise, and, and this does as, as well. Um, his passivity could literally change the trajectory and the outcome of all that God had planned for Abram and his descendants and the blessing from chapter 12, 1 and 2. But here, remember this. Faithful people have days, moments of unfaithfulness. Here's the second thing I want you to see. I have six minutes. I can't believe I got six minutes. God is faithful even when we are unfaithful. We, 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 faithful people make bonehead decisions. We, 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 make un, we, we make decisions to be unfaithful, but yet God is faithful even when we are unfaithful. Verses 7 through 16. Golly, I can't believe I'm out of time. And now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness by the spring of the way of Shur. Who is the angel of the Lord? I, I believe this is another one of those places where Jesus shows up because it's that big of a deal. Okay, This is a monumental thing. And so he comes to Hagar um, and, uh, and Jesus shows up in physical form because it says the angel, not a angel of the Lord. The definite article there would point us um, more than likely, I believe, to a pre-appearance of Christophany, a pre-appearance of Christ prior to Bethlehem. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you're with child. And you shall bear a son. The angel of the Lord did an ultrasound. How cool is that? So, you know, she didn't know what she was having. There, there, was, uh, there was no ultrasound done. Um, and yet the angel of the Lord knows the baby. How can the angel? Because it is God. God knits us together in our mother's womb. And, and he is the one who has done the knitting. He is standing before her. And he said, you shall... 
bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. It really is a donkey, is what the word is. A a beast, a wild beast. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand will be against him. He shall dwell in the presence of all of his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are the God who sees. You saw in me. You saw what no one could see. For she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well was called Beer Lahi Roy, Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Now, God's faithful even when we are unfaithful. Hagar... um, It's fascinating. Abraham and Sarah never call her by her name. They always call her a maidservant. She's she's never um, the angel of the Lord. Lord Jesus called her by name. Um, But Abraham and Sarah never call her um, by name. She is a picture to us of the Lord Jesus' son, or the Lord Jesus' mom, Mary. Uh, Think about Hagar. She is uh, alone. She's scared. She's young. And she's pregnant. When the angel uh, comes to Mary and tells her that you're going to bear a son, and you're going to, in fact, I'm going to name this one for you too. His name will be Emmanuel uh, because God will be with us. Mary was alone. She felt alone. She went to her, her relative's home and in Karim, Elizabeth. And, um, and when she walked in, Elizabeth, who was old, just like Sarai, um, was pregnant as well. And the baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt um, when Mary walked in because she was carrying God. And, uh, and John, who was inside Elizabeth, leapt in her, his mother's womb. Uh, she was alone and went to a relative. She was scared. You can imagine a teenage girl, young and pregnant. And so it's a lot of similarities. El Roy, uh, the God who sees, um, and, and what's fascinating is Hagar, an Egyptian slave or servant, um, is the only person in the Bible who has ever given a name to God. You ought to write that down. Um, Hagar names God El Roy, um, the God who sees. And she's sent back. And, uh, and so she, she bears a son, Ishmael. His name means God hears. He's a wild man. Now, he becomes, later in the story, um, Abram, Abram and Sarai will have a son of their own. His name will be Isaac. 
Isaac will be the father of the children of Israel. He'll have a son, Jacob, who will have 12 boys, who will be the 12 tribes of Israel that will begin the nation of Israel. Ishmael will become the father of a great people as well. He will become the father of the Arab people. We have Jewish people, the descendants of Isaac, and we have Arab people who are the descendants of Ishmael. And then God, God shows up in this story and the angel of the Lord, and he pursues Hagar. Um, He speaks to her. Um, it, it really is a great picture to us of the Lord Jesus in, um, in the Gospels when he goes to Sychar and there's the woman at the well. Um, Hagar is very, um, uh, her story is much like the woman at the well. Um, she's an Egyptian. This lady was a Samaritan, an outcast, um, not, not really part of uh, the family of Jews, looked down upon. Jesus shows up and meets her at a well, just like he uh, met Hagar uh, all these years before. And, uh, and, and the lady at the well, you remember the woman at the well? She has had some issues with men as well. <laughs> um, she, uh, she, she shows up and, and Jesus says, tell, tell your husband to come here. Well, I don't have a husband. Oh, you said it right. You don't have a husband. You've had five of them. The one you're with now is not your husband. And, and so she has been dealt wrongly by men as well, and so here, here is Hagar in the, in that same position, and so we, we see this now. I got, I got to take just a minute to um, to to talk about this people that uh, God had. Um, he multiplied a people through Ishmael. And, and here we are 4,000 years from that birth, Ishmael being born. And there are roughly 440 million Arabs today. 440 million. All because of Ishmael. Now... There is a story about Ishmael's tradition that a descendant of Ishmael was born uh, 610 AD, I believe. His name was Muhammad, and he was a, a descendant of Ishmael. And Muhammad believed that he was the one who was going to come and begin a religion of people and a tradition began to be told about Ishmael and that religion and group of people would be Muslims and all come back from Ishmael. Well, just as tradition is, Muslims or Muhammad came as a descendant of Ishmael, the biblical story is that Jesus came as a descendant of Isaac. And Jesus came here. Um, and he picked this story up. Now, Muslim tradition is that Abraham went 
to kill Ishmael. Now, that's a Muslim tradition that uh, the story of Abram and Ishmael is that God told Abraham to kill his firstborn son, Ishmael. He goes to a mountain and God provides a sacrifice. I know this may sound familiar to you. And God provided a sacrifice of a lamb um, and, and they offered that lamb. And to this day, Muslims celebrate that story um, every year and really has counterfeit, counterfeited the Passover, the biblical um, account of God removing his children out of Egypt. Um, and then they take the story of Abraham and Isaac on the Mount, uh, on, on the Mount, on Mount Moriah, and God providing a ram uh, for the sacrifice. And um, but wh- why is all of that important? What, what have I told you over and over and over from Adam now to Abram? Satan has had a plan, and he does everything he can to counterfeit God's plan. And so out of Hagar comes Ishmael, and Ishmael's descendants would become Muslims, and out of that Muslim tradition and faith is a counterfeit of the real story of God's plan to bless Isaac, to bless Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his people who would later be the Jews who the Lord Jesus would come from. And for 4,000 years... Hagar and Sarai have hated each other, and their descendants have defended their mothers for 4,000 years. You can go to Israel today, and there is animosity and tension. Everything that you turn on and you look at in the, in the, the place uh, of Israel, in the city of Jerusalem, in the Gaza Strip right there, that is the land that God promised Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, 1 and 2. And Moses uh, would bring the children out of uh, Egypt. Joshua would bring them into the promised land. They would fight for that land, the conquest. They would take the land, and throughout history, they would be removed. They would come back. They would establish. Jerusalem and the sacrificial system and that would be God's chosen people in God's promised land and the descendants of Ishmael have fought for 4,000 years counterfeiting the story and fighting for the land that God had promised the to Abram, Abraham's son Isaac not Ishmael isn't that amazing now why how, why why did all this happen Because in a moment of unfaithfulness, a faithful man and lady chose to be unfaithful, chose to take God's promise and not trust God's time and to put things in their own hands and orchestrate their own plan because they felt like their back was against the wall and it was a crisis situation. We, we so flippantly in this culture and the day that we live in, two people get together and they have a child without any regard of what the future will hold, not just for that child, but for all of the descendants after that child. Here's Abraham and Sarah make a plan and Abram goes into Hagar and this one son 
has began the multiplication of people who have been at odds and have been against God's chosen people from the very beginning. Wow. There's moments of unfaithfulness in our life, but I'm so grateful that God is faithful even in our unfaithfulness. Aren't you? Amen. Let's pray and we'll be gone.